Welcome to the Freedom Fantasy League podcast with your hosts, Rob Johnson and Adam Almeter. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Freedom Fantasy Football League podcast. I am your host, Rob. Adam is off testing roadside peach stands for quality and freshness today. So I've got Dustin Shahidapur in the house, the number six seed, squeaking it in. Admit it, you couldn't stay away. Oh. <laughs> Back by popular demand. Wow, just what, what a bookend to the end of the season, starting out 6-0, losing seven straight and then eking in by the skin of your taint. Thanks to <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> I win the Hugh Hefner award for getting it up at the last minute. <laughs> just, just complete downturn. And at the last second, you know, I just, just nailed it. All right. So that last night was just insanely wild. So I do just kind of want to jump right into that because uh, we were talking a little bit before of, of how you're watching this game, but basically as a quick recap for you to get in, you needed Ertz to score 1.2 so that Kurt would win. You mm-hmm. needed Kyler and Prater to combine for 30, and you needed Cup and Michelle to get 15 for the Rams in order to basically guarantee your spot is in that sixth seed. So what was your what was your evening like here? I was not watching. <laughs> I had no intention of watching. And then you started texting me and it was like eight minutes left in the third quarter. So I was like, oh, well, I was supposed to go do a run this morning and I didn't. So I went to the gym and I was telling Rob before you were recording that I got on the treadmill and I plugged the headphones in and I turned on the game and all I could hear was crowd noise. And so it was just like, And I was like, this is such a weird broadcast. There's no commentators. And then I bumped the treadmill and I realized there was a short in my headphones. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I watched the second half on a treadmill, like third. And then it got to the fourth quarter. And then I was driving home and I like turned on YouTube TV on my phone and had a couple there. I was like, oh my God, I missed Ertz getting the points. And then I got home and you were like, Ertz got the points. I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. But I was trying to explain to Olivia so eventually, fast forward, everything happened, like everything clicked and, and Bird was up by one point. And so the only way I would have been out of the playoffs at that point is if Kyler Murray somehow lost a point. And I was telling Olivia, I was like, it's actually very possible because the Cardinals need the ball back to win the game. And it's very likely he's going to just like chuck it into the end zone and throw a Hail Mary to try to score a last minute touchdown, which turns into an interception. And then I will lose because Bird will lose two points for the interception, and then I'll be out by one point. And so it was pretty dramatic, um, especially because they got the onside kick, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm calling it. <laughs> Dude, that was also two onside kicks this weekend. I'll, I'll get into my watching the Browns game at a Browns bar, uh, but two onside kicks this weekend that that worked out, which was just wild. And also, I just have to imagine that Kyler Murray just had the ghost of Rod Tidwell protecting him from interceptions on that last drive because there were like three, three potential game-ending interceptions for you on the second-to-last drive while they were trying to go for the field goal that either just the defender dropped or got tipped out at the last second. 
this is like quintessential what happens to Tom Brady. I don't know if you like every time I watch the Bucks, Tom Brady like almost throws seven picks a game. There has to be some stat on the internet about like, but they always drop them. And then I always love when the defender drops a pick and then they try to make it look, they try to show everyone else that they're ashamed. So they always do the thing where they just lay face down in the grass and they like pound the dirt. And I'm just like, it doesn't make me feel any better, dude. <laughs> you like, still just drop that interception. Yeah. That's, it's basically what happens in whatever pro, pro uh, skill level of Madden, where you throw the ball right to them and they hits them in the hands and they just drop it. <laughs> no, dude, that, I play, I play all pro mode in Madden. So they, they always, I, I get like too many picks, you know, <laughs> like I, I turn the difficulty up because I just, you know, I like to feel the pain. So, but also um, before I forget, I was looking at the Kyler Murray stats. He, he didn't throw any touchdowns yesterday. He had two interceptions and a fumble. That's yeah. that's straight Justin Fields stats right there. <laughs> that's a Justin Fields stat line. Some passing yards, two picks, a fumble, and a bunch of rushing yards. So, which is crazy. I mean, he did. To be fair, James Conner stole a nice touchdown out of the Wildcat, which had Bird up in a in a tip there. Uh, there was just so much random stuff going on. I mean, he he still made things happen. Uh, Hopkins also botched one too, uh, right at the end of the game, he dropped that, that would have, uh, given them the fourth, fourth, fourth and goal conversion, something like that. Yeah. I I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Deandre in our matchup review because <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, it's, it's going to be dark. Okay. Let's go. It was just a wild, a wild, wild, uh, game. So much fun. I'm glad everybody was also texting during that too. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was cool having basically everybody still in it and alive up through most of the way through that game. So uh, definitely kept things interesting. Um, so before we jump into that, well, I just made way too big of a transition. I was going to mention prior to that game, I flipped on YouTube TV and was looking for something to put on and wasn't necessarily ready for the pregame stuff. And the top suggestion for me was the world chase tag phenomenon. Have you seen that? Oh, dude, I love watching tag. <laughs> Do you know it's hosted by NFL legend Rashad Jennings? I did not. <laughs> he came That's on awesome. and he came on and gave this big introduction of himself. He was saying, I'm Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back, best-selling author, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, calm down, Rashad Jennings. <laughs> You're still Rashad Jennings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was wild. It's basically just manhunt, except on a confined course where people are combining that with parkour. So always... it's like a jungle. We're talking about the same thing, right? It's like a yeah. jungle gym, and you ha- and if you don't get caught in thirty seconds, you win. Right. So you just uh-huh. have to basically survive. Yeah, yeah, I actually watched. I know way too much about this. I watched a. I think it's Vox, but they have a video about the guys who like created the league, and so it started because it was like two guys who like to play tag as adults. And then they started, they basically built that course in their backyard and they iterated on it for a while. And then they started inviting friends over and their friends were like, this is kind of cool. And so, but they were like grown men. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a dad who was like, yeah, my kids are playing tag. And I was like, you know, we should make it harder. It was like you and me being like, we were hanging out one day down by the lake and we just thought to ourselves, our tag is just too plain. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's like just playing in open fields is just not fun for two people. We're just chasing each other around like cats. So we built a big old jungle gym. <laughs> anyway, go watch the video. I mean, it's it's now the league is legit, but you know, the origins could have been better, I think. I watched about five minutes of it last night and thought that that was plenty enough. I was like, I get the, I get the gist of this, <laughs> but I could see that being awesome for playing. We should take that and take it over to target and then just mm-hmm. chase each other around target. <laughs> can't leave the junior kids closed section. Go. We can, let's go to that shake shack over by the Edgewater market. <laughs> they have a nice like <laughs> paddock area where the, you know, we can jump on the tables and kind of monkey bar. I'm yep. sure the shake shack people will have no problem. They won't care at all. It's not burger season, you know. <laughs> Who who's buying Shake Shack in December? Actually, that sounds kind of good. It's, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm basically drinking a shake right now. I've got my <laughs> my eggnog and bourbon. It's not an eggnog shake, and uh, yeah, there's there's good clientele when you go to the liquor store at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> I was I was prepping for tonight, and I really wanted eggnog and bourbon, and I had neither, so I went when I had a break, and yeah, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. That'll be our uh, that'll be our segment later called Rob or Alcoholic. <laughs> is it something Rob would do, or is it an alcoholic? It's like drinking ten cores lights on a ski lift. Rob or alcoholics? <laughs> it can only be one because Rob's not alcoholic, you know. But you know, indicative behavior sometimes. Based based on this weekend or the past five days, that game is going to go very poorly for me <laughs> because I definitely had a ton. We were, well, we had a Mario Kart tournament on Thursday night at a bar, which was awesome. And yeah, yes, we there did. was drinking there. So that's Rob versus alcoholic again. And then uh, went to uh, one of my buddy's places out here and played, what was it, two games of NBA Jam? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, where I was way too drunk at that point to be functioning and kept talking about Monta Ellis, who is not in that game because that was in <laughs> yeah, that's right. 1993 that's right. or whatever it's supposed to be. It's actually Lafonso Ellis. I looked that uh, one up on the Denver Nuggets. So there's a there's a throwback for you. I was glad to redeem myself. You know, we at the Mario Kart, the, the competition was, I would say, semi-competitive, but I just got a bad rap. I picked a bad car. My race, my like... I got eliminated in the first round and we were on hundred CCs and I just picked link and that was stupid. <laughs> and it was really like, I felt the pressure, you know, like I really, I felt the heat and Rob got third. No, wait, did you get fourth? I, t- got third. I tied with our friend for third. And then he beat me on a rainbow road playoff by a that's right. Bike. That's right. That's right. That's right. It so. was, I mean, that's, that's why I almost didn't sign up slash do it because I was just thinking the entire time of how much pressure will be watching a bunch of strangers see you play Mario Kart. <laughs> and so I, I slammed two IPAs minutes before I started driving. And that just kind of helped me go throughout, go through the race again, Rob versus alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I slammed an elk burger, just car- carb loaded. <laughs> It was clearly the wrong strategy. Drank five IPAs. Yeah, it was it was bad. Okay, so yeah, let's let's jump into this bad boy. So the playoffs are set. The field is ready. We had a crazy night last night getting everybody there. So it shakes out. Curtin Bird finishing as division leaders, division winners. They both get a bye this week. Kurt with his second consecutive division title. Uh, Bird winning his first since we've split it out. Uh, down in the bracket games that we've got this week, we have myself number three versus Dustin at number six. 
Let's go. That'll be a fun one. And then a rematch of rivalry week, uh, the highest scoring matchup, uh, Bobby versus Nick. These guys have had some fireworks this season, both, uh, both games that they are in combination of the two games that they've played. They have scored 600 plus points. So they are lighting it up when they're playing each other. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that leaves the bottom four who did not make it and will be fighting for the Cabbage Patch Trophy this year. That would be Eric, number seven seed versus 10 Phil, and number eight Paul versus number nine All Meter. Fun fact all four of the contestants in the Cabbage Patch last year are in the playoffs this year. Mm. So it is entirely new field. And, uh, Based on winning percentages and everything, the current Cabbage Patch group is a group that's not used to being there. Definitely not. I was couldn't believe it. Especially Paul. Paul, man. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There is, there's not much you can say. I mean, we can just jump right into that bad boy because that's really where all the fireworks were last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul's second only season of missing the fantasy playoffs too he is 13 of 15 now uh so definitely unfamiliar territory for paul but bird went into that matchup down 30 with kyler and prater i mean there wasn't much that broke paul's way lamar jackson was carted off the field in the second quarter of the browns game Mm -hmm. uh and then heineke was basically just murdered on the field by the cowboys (laughs) watching him was was painful I was waiting for them to cart Baker Mayfield off the field just because he's terrible. <laughs> he's so bad. He's just in the huddle and they bring it out. They're like, get on. You're done here. But I, you know, I wish, I wish we had more time, but I would just love to, like, do you think they should re-sign Baker? We have a lot of Browns fans here. And so I kind of talked to them about it and they're like, oh yeah, Baker's huge. And I'm like, is he though? Because I looked it up today, and he's uh, QBR rating wise, he's at twenty seventh in the league. He's you know? he's broken though this season. They should have shut him down early. He has something with his shoulder. He's got something with his leg. He's he's basically a shell of himself at at this point. But I've always I don't know why I shouldn't. After he planted the Oklahoma flag on the Ohio State field, I should never have a soft spot for him. But I do feel like he's the guy that should be leading the Browns just because he has that attitude. The Browns have gone through so many shitty quarterbacks (laughs) over their franchise. I just feel like you have to have that mentality. I think we've either talked about that on the podcast or just out. It's like being a quarterback for the Jets or the Lions. You need to have that spunk, that moxie, whatever you want to call it, because otherwise you're just going to be a mediocre quarterback that flames out in a couple of weeks. Like what if like Russell Wilson isn't on the Seahawks next year? I'm going to bet. And like, what if, what if the Seahawks were just like, or what if the Browns got Russell Wilson, you know, I guess guess it's tangential, (laughs) but I'm, I'm just like, I think that there, I guess my point is there's going to be a lot of QBs in free agency this year. Like, I don't know about Aaron Rodgers either. Actually, you know what? I feel like no matter what he's going to leave, because I feel like the Packers are really good. My hunch is that they'll go to the NFC championship again. It's, and I also think it's somewhat likely that they'll play the Bucks if the, seeds work out the right way and if they lose in the nfc championship again i would not be surprised if aaron Rodgers bounced and if they won the super bowl i feel like that's a good ending for him too so i feel like no matter what it's pretty much like inevitable and i'm like if i'm the browns i'm like wilson rogers maybe 
just like there, there are people, there are really well-known quarterbacks out there. And before I go paying Baker Mayfield, whatever the going rate is like 40 million a season, I'd probably be like, yeah, maybe put him on like the shameful one year deal, you know, just like, well, come back one more time. Is his contract up this year? I think so. I think they have to resign him or is it next year? I don't know. I remember them working, trying to work on an extension with him at some point. But I mean, he's he's not going to command top money. So according to Spotrack, he his base salary jumps to he's making nine hundred and twenty thousand base salary this year. He has a lot of bonuses tied to that, but um, wow, he, he starts making eighteen million next year. But I mean, he's and then after that, he's a free agent. So I mean, okay, I would give him the off season. I mean, he's still under contract, so. I can't imagine them a bringing in a different quarterback. That's going to cost them arguably the same or more uh, to have him compete with them. Um, but, and I also feel like they would give him the benefit of the doubt and say, Hey, you know, we knew you were a broken shell of a human being this season. Heal up. Let's see what you can do next year uh, and try to try to make some moves. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was at Stoney's on Sunday which for those of you not familiar in Denver is a very big Browns bar. And obviously the Browns first Ravens game is a big pull for everybody. So it was packed. Uh, I was nursing a huge hangover in the morning. So I got there right about halftime. The Browns were already up. Was it 24 to three? Lamar was already carted off the field. We had Tyler Huntley taking snaps for the Ravens. And I was sitting there, you know, just drinking beer and talking to a couple of the Browns fans that were there and they were nervous and I said, there is absolutely no way that there's anything to be nervous about in this game. You're up 24 to three. It's the third quarter. Huntley is quarterbacking. It's just, there's nothing is going to happen here. And slowly but surely, Tyler oh Huntley starts taking over this game. Mark Andrews is just an absolute animal. And it gets down to that final onside kick. And you can just feel the tension. It is just totally palpable in there. And <laughs> the onside kick bounces off of the Browns player who was mm-hmm. not even looking for it. Ravens recover. And it just went dead silent. There was nothing in there. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> seeing any Ravens fans in the bar anywhere, but it was just silent. And I was sitting there a trying not to laugh because I was just thinking this is the most, <laughs> this is the most Browns thing ever. Um, and so when they finally did end up winning that game, you know, the place just went absolutely nuts and, you know, everybody was pretending like nothing ever happened. The life, <laughs> the life of a Browns fan, man. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, we, we went there once to watch a bear, the bears 49ers game. Cause the Browns game was also on. And when Rob says Stoney's is big, he, it's like, I think it used to be a Sam's club <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like, it's like they shelled out. A, it's the floor space is it's like, there are, there's gotta be what, like five bars in there. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like you walk in and it's just like a room. It's a massive room. It's, it's, it's multiple rooms spread out. And I think we just kind of walked into the place that I ended up watching the game in, which their their Brown's room, which is just the, the biggest room of the bar where they just have tables crammed in. And then they have a stage uh, up under the projector screen where they basically have 
an MC who yeah. comes out yeah. during the commercials oh, yeah. and, and yeah, hypes yeah. everybody up at the bar. <laughs> and then they have a DJ who plays music over the commercials. And it is just, it is an event. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when things are going good, this place is rocking. It is loud. Everybody's <laughs> in a great mood. The MC's just pumping everybody up. The and MC's, when... <laughs> yeah, he said something totally inappropriate when we were there. He was, you know, but like, yeah, he'll be like, come on, Browns fans. He's like, when I use, I've been working here for 20 years, even when it used to be a mattress store, you know, it's a bar. <laughs> we're going to win. And the Browns were playing the Steelers. I think he was like, oh, yes. by the way, Ben Roethlisberger, you should be in prison. <laughs> he like said all these slurs. And we were sitting there, we were like, whoa. I mean, the, the whole prison thing, he wasn't totally wrong on, but the rest no, of the stuff, it was just, just, oh yeah, it was. It was brutal. We were sitting there in the other room listening, <laughs> wondering, you know, what what was going through that guy's mind? It's there? also like, it's not like I need an MC, right? Like the commentators tables and the, all the stuff on football. I love that the analysis shows they keep adding more chairs, but the desk <laughs> stays the same size. So like when we were kids, do you remember when Chris Collinsworth was on Fox? It was Terry Bradshaw, um, the guy who's now on CBS. I can't remember his name, Howie Long. And uh, t- uh, Collinsworth, Bradshaw, Howie Long, and the guy who's on CBS. And then now they keep adding people. So now when they're sitting at the desk, they're literally shoulder to shoulder. And so I like that, especially on CBS, they're terrible about it because they have Bill Cower and all those guys. And then who's ever in that Browns bar is like, yeah, you know what I think we're missing is minute by minute commentary of this game. And I was like, there's six people in the studio. They have like four game commentators plus you. So thank you for filling in the gap, my dude. <laughs> I also love it. I mean, those, especially on the shows, those are not small people. They're all big ex-football players who are <laughs> hulking human beings. Oh, man. Yeah, so, yeah, Sony's, Sony's was an event. That that Browns game was ridiculous. All circling all in all, you know, Paul was kind of screwed right from the beginning, losing Lamar Miller and or Lamar Miller. Well, Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> got my jersey on my mind here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Anything else from Lamar Jackson would have easily handed Paul this game. This is this is just one of those years for Bird. Uh, this is this is why I picked him last week in my championship pick, and this is why I'm going to predict him later. Spoiler alert! But Bird has the lowest point total against by a lot by a large margin, like almost a hundred plus points, and he has the third lowest points scored in the league. Yet he won our division. So it just feels like whatever happens, it's going to be just enough for Bird. And I just don't think there was anything that Paul really could have done this game. Mm. It I just it, it didn't work out. Fun fact, Kittle was the first tight end in NFL history uh, with two with a back-to-back 150-plus yard game and a touchdown. So that was, that wow. was exciting. He's a monster. Um, one other comment about this game, I'm not entirely sure, but it may have been the first double tight end matchup in the history of this league. Both of them flexed tight end. So oh, that was, yeah. uh, we had a, one side was good where it was Gronk and Kittle and the other was <laughs> Noah Fant and Dalton Schultz. So, but Bird <laughs> <Nice>. still won. <laughs> Anything else to add on that game? Are you ready to move on? No, I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Good deal. You want to take us through Bobby and Nick? Nick scored 163 points uh, and Bobby scored 148. So I don't think it's going to be like that this week. That's kind of my, my hot take. So uh, Nick 
Josh Allen, he got a big performance. He had a rushing TD, two throws, 35 points from Allen. He got 25 points from Connor. Again, I don't know if that's reproducible. Uh, he got uh, 20 points from Javante Williams on Denver. And yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. Spoiler, if you can't tell what my prediction is going to be. Um, Bobby, Bobby had pretty even, you know, I'm actually amazed that he scored 150 points. He got 2.7 from Madison, who's the running back on Minnesota. He got four points, uh, from Marquise Brown in Baltimore. And despite that, he still scored 150 points. That's mostly because Tom Brady got 30, um, and pretty much everyone else on his team, including his defense. Cause he had the Packers were like 15 plus. So I don't know, as I look at it this week, I mean, I don't think there's there's much more to tell. I my thing is I'm picking Bobby for next week. I think he's I I just don't think that Nick is going to be able to get the point output. And when I compare them talent to talent wise, I just like Bobby's team better. I mean, Nick, Nick Ryan's QBs are Josh Allen and Tannehill. Bobby's got Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. I mean, I'll take Tom Brady always. You know, um, he's got Aaron Jones, Bobby does Eckler and Connor for Nick and I just don't see Connor doing it again. I, I don't know. He he had a lot of touches during the game when I was watching the second half, and I was like, "That's pretty crazy." But yeah, he know. got he got the nice uh, wildcat boost, uh, the, the touchdown run there. The other thing to note for Nick's team is both Connor got an MRI today, and I don't know what exactly that's on, but it's his ankle, so I don't know how serious that's going to be. And then I think Eckler's a little banged up too, so. The matchup this week will be interesting to see. Well, will hinge, I think, on those two players being healthy. I actually think Nick has a dark horse shot at winning this all as well. I I really like the way that his team is stacked right now. It does come down what? a lot to help. Why? Yeah. Why? I, so I I like I like his players that he's got here. The other the Javante Williams, I actually love. Um, I wanted him really badly earlier this year. Uh, him and Melvin Gordon, this game combined for 44 points against the Lions. So that was pretty ridiculous. I, I know that's not going to happen again. That's probably not reproducible, but he is really good. Um, and I think he's Williams is honestly probably going to be a top three round pick next year by the time it's all said and done. Just throwing that one out there now. Uh, Renfro was an awesome pickup by Nick. I was I'm pretty sure I went to go get him last week or something and he'd been gone for so long. So that was a, a nice snag on him. One thing that will be interesting to see with Nick moving forward is he only has two quarterbacks on the roster. There is no depth behind Allen or Tannehill, which with the current COVID stuff going on right now, that's just (laughs) ripping through the NFL. Both the Browns and Rams have eight plus people on the lists as of today. Uh, It could be an issue moving forward. One thing he will not be hurting for though is wide receivers because Nick currently has eight of those on his team. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, he does have Singletary. He does a Brandon cook sitting on the bench, but I don't know. I, you know what it is? is I always like NFC players better than AFC players. And I don't know why (laughs) this is always why I never liked birds team. Cause he always had Bengals and Browns players. That's always what came to my mind. And I just never watched them. I never liked them. And I think that when I look at Nick's team, it's like Allen, Tannehill, the Chargers, Eckler, you know, okay. He's got some, but like Las Vegas Raiders, they're AFC, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of these people I don't watch. I don't watch Tennessee, you know, like now that Derek Henry has gone, I'm just kind of, 
So obviously I'm wrong. Like he's putting, you know, he scored 160 points. I scored like 80, you know, so clearly like he's, he's putting up points, but for whatever reason, my thing is I'm like, I just don't, I just don't see it as sustainable. So I don't, I don't know if I'm bleeding into the next segment, but I'm taking Bobby this week. So, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely a home team bears bias. So those are the players you're probably more familiar with because you see yeah. them more times a year. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, the one thing, two things for Bobby, the one thing that hasn't been called out enough is all meter snagging Chubba Hubbard in the last round of the draft. <laughs> so <laughs> just out of a pure spite move too, you know, there was nothing else other than that because Bobby took Madison last year and held him hostage. But with mm-hmm. McCaffrey out, that's a that's a big depth loss for for Bobby. Uh, he doesn't have that handcuff that could have kind of uh, mitigated that a little bit. And the other thing, even though I do like Nick's chances moving forward, I also kind of want to see a uh, game between Kurt and Bobby in the semifinals because that's where it's currently lined up, where it would come down to the big trade that they made where they, you know, traded with each other. They basically swapped half their teams. And you know something that comes out of that is going to be a big issue where one player just totally shits the bed and <laughs> screws them. And then the other person will be wondering, why did I trade that player? It's, it's to me, them trading their teams is like, do you remember playing war, like the card game as a kid? <laughs> and then you just be like murdering someone. They'd be like, you want to switch decks? And it was like the <laughs> ultimate heat check where they were just like, it doesn't even matter if I switch decks because it's... Sh- Schrodinger's cat you know it's like the I just I actualize the cards that are beating you and to me I just don't understand why Bobby and Kurt who are both like top two are just like you want to trade decks <laughs> like why why so whatever I mean it, it clearly worked out but you know I have more to say on Bobby and Bobby and Kurt as we go but all right, so we'll, we'll jump into the next part of that segment then so that we also don't make this another two-hour bad boy and can get our special guest on for this evening. Uh, so we'll jump into Eric and Kurt here. Uh, Kurt going into the evening was down uh, four points is what the total was to begin with. Ertz ended up getting just enough over that to take down Eric. He had some pretty good pickups this week uh, that really saved him here that not that it really mattered at the end of the day, Kurt was with Bobby losing. Kurt was still going to take that division spot, but got 28 points from the chiefs, just curb stomping Derek Carr and the Raiders. And then on Thursday night, he had Osborne who caught a 60 yard touchdown. So some very solid picks to help him take down his bitter rival. Eric cam has just gone full cam at this point. He has no passing touchdowns in the past two games. And his other quarterback, Zach Wilson, took a page out of that playbook and basically did the exact same thing. I just can't. I, I, I had this as a point for later, and I'm just like, how is Kurt in first place? And his <laughs> QBs are Zach Wilson and Cam Newton. And I was like, have either of them even thrown a touchdown? It just must mean the, the rest last of his week. Team, <laughs> yeah, the rest of his, his team must be incredible. You know, I have to, I just have to, like, go and pay more attention to Kurt's team. But when I was, like, going through my notes, I was like, how is this possible? And you know who his backups are? Curtis, four QBs on his team. Newton, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Davis Mills. Yes, the Davis that Mills. That is shit. That is shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, that was, that's that was, bad. That was the crux of the trade was, was Bobby getting better quarterbacks and Kurt basically shelling all of his out. And at the time, Cam had just come off that, what, the I'm back game where he scored a few touchdowns and actually looked somewhat dangerous. And since then, he hasn't thrown a touchdown. Who's the backer for the Seahawks? 
I don't think it's Geno still around. Maybe it was Geno Smith. Yep, it is Geno Smith. Confirmed. The legend. Yeah, legend Geno Smith. Um, I'm looking for some reason I ended up on his uh his ESPN page. Okay, yeah. So he's been on the Seahawks for two years. After he left the Jets, he went to the Giants, didn't know that. And then he was on the Chargers for a year. But he's been on the Seahawks for two years. I just remember his dad. <laughs> there was like <laughs> when he was the QB for the Jets, he had like one good game, and his dad was like, you know. It was like big baller brand where his dad's like <laughs> best QB in the history of the Jets, you know? And they like three, three picks his dad's like the Jets suck. And like your dad's not wrong, but it's just like hot take week over week. Yeah. And I just remember I'll have to look, I, I'm going to look this up when you're talking next about Gino Smith's dad, but he was like the original, uh, our ball, LeVar ball. Yeah. All right. So find that, find that Gino Smith dad talk here. I'll recap Eric. So he took your advice last uh, week and benched the corpse of Big Ben, who then went on to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm guessing it was kind of a weekend at Bernie's situation for Aaron Rodgers just kind of playing with his corpse. Did you see the doppelganger in Green Bay that looked exactly like Aaron Rodgers? Yes. That was incredible. And <laughs> they were focused on him for so long during the coverage. And then eventually realized the camera was on him and just turned and watched the camera exactly like Aaron Rodgers. I don't know who that human being is, but I have to imagine that that's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers too. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. I have to derail all this. So I Googled Gino Smith's dad and this is the first result. This is an article from NewJersey.com. The opening paragraph says, Geno Smith Jr. had just learned Tuesday that his son, Geno Smith III, was going to start at QB for the Giants in their game against the Raiders. It was 4.33 p.m. Shortly after hearing the good news from his son, his cell phone rang. The dad's cell phone rang. The dad goes, I was just at work. I answered, and someone was like, Geno? So I just listened. I was like, yeah. And he goes, your son better not start or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I just laughed and hung up. And so there's this entire article about the article is not about Geno Smith, the quarterback. It's about Geno Smith's dad getting death threats from Giants fans about Geno Smith starting the game. I guess it was an emotional time because they had benched Eli Manning and they were going to start Geno Smith. So Giants fans were calling Geno Smith's dad, who by the sound of it works as a trucker. And they were just <laughs> calling him on the phone and being like, if your son starts, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> like what oh was that was that when they stopped his streak of consecutive games started or I something don't, like okay that? that i got that i gotta look up too but i i love i love the angry fan who's like you know how i'll stop geno smith from starting <laughs> by calling his dad it's like Giving why didn't you call the giants or like tweet at them <laughs> or you know it's like making it making a you know i'm i'm not advocating for bomb threats you know and i was like it's way easier to just like make a fake Twitter, have the egg icon and then tweet at MetLife being like, if Geno Smith starts, like I'm going to, you know, why is that? Okay. Anyway, sorry. This is, this I can is just imagine them calling him on his ham radio while he's trucking too. They're just riding right next to the truck. Geno Smith's dad basically has like, uh, what's, what's the player's tribune. Is that what it's called? Oh. He's like his own opinion thing. I'm reading now from New York daily news goes, and the title of his article, Geno Smith Jr.'s article is The Insane Untapped Potential of Giants Backup and Former Jets QB Geno Smith by Geno Smith. 
Being seen an untapped potential of the FFL podcast by Rob Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's definitely that's that's objective journalism right there for sure at its its finest yeah uh all right so anyway finishing up eric yeah uh do you remember earlier in this season when the raiders were just lighting the world on fire Mm -hmm. i don't know if you one of the monday night games it might have been against the chiefs or somebody else they were in the booth and they're throwing up this you know their their classic nbc graphics where they're just you know animating some ridiculous scenario and they were talking three games into the season how the Raiders were on pace to shatter NFL records in offensive efficiency because they were averaging 450 yards a game passing or something like that. That's gone really well over the, over the course of the season. They just, you know what they need is they just need like someone's mom or like a person who doesn't watch football. It's like they should have it's like it's like the sniff test, you know, and they should be like the Raiders led by Derek Carr are on pace to be one of the best offenses in history. And then they should just go to a person who's just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and that should just be it. Just be like, I don't think that's, I don't really think that's a thing. Yeah. That, yeah. I, that just stuck out to me when I was, you know, thinking about Derek Carr and how terrible the Raiders have been. Cause they just got annihilated. I also told Sam, one of our friends out here to start Derek Carr because he always plays well against the chiefs. That went really well when they scored nine points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not great. Also, Eric, why why is Allen Robinson still on your team? I, I need an answer to this question because he hasn't scored a touchdown since week two. He's the number eighty three wide receiver overall. There is there is nothing for him. What what is he doing there? He hasn't scored a touchdown since week two of twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Every waiting. time I. Did you see the highlight of him? It, okay, I saw it. Like somebody had a tweet where they were showing Justin Fields was scrambling against the Packers, and he basically is like has a breakaway, and there's only one. It's just the safety, and then they show Allen Robinson is blocking him, and Allen Robinson just like gave up on the play and like didn't realize that Justin Fields was scrambling. Yes, yeah. so yep. he basically <laughs> just like popped the safety and then ran out of bounds, <laughs> and then Justin Fields is running behind him and he's like, uh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, you know, it's not great that that's on the internet. So, oh, yeah, well. he's, he's phoning it in at this point. He's, he's ready to get out. Uh, there's no way the bears tag him again next year. So he'll be a free agent and maybe can rebound somewhere else. <laughs> he's like the genie with the golden shackles. <laughs> just a franchise tag. Free. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm stuck in this lamp, the Chicago bears forever. <laughs> I wish that you were free, Alan Robertson. <laughs> no, you know Pace is just sitting there. He's like, I promise with my third wish, I will free you. <laughs> but it's like, with my third wish, I wish for Jakeem Grant. Let's go. <laughs> Suck it, Alan Robertson. You're here forever. <laughs> oh. All right, real quick so we can get Phil into here. I'll jump through my matchup with Adam. Uh, really, I just wanted to talk to Adam because I got multiple texts this, this weekend as games were going on and everything. And there were two asking me to throw the game, which of course I was not going to do. Uh, there was an Adam Allmeter meltdown of the Bills losing to Tom Brady. This was just a full-on rage text chain about how much Adam hates Tom Brady because they the Bucks ended up beating the Bills. And I 
all I could think of is always a Bills fan at heart. There's there's no way this was just a random one-off Tom Brady rant. This was this was your fantasy team was losing and you just beat the Bills and now you're raging against Tom Brady. I mean, you got to sympathize for him. He he had to deal with Tom Brady for like 20 years. That's true. I think I think that's what snapped. He just figured he was done with them forever. And not just that, but just like how annoying is it that Mac Jones is like the Patriots seem like they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're they're so. the Patriots again. It's the same team. I'm so, not saying Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but he's the perfect fit for Belichick's system. The only other fans I think that really have had it like that are the Bears fans. Because it was like as soon as Brett, we, we had to deal with right. Brett Favre, and as soon as he was gone, it was just like 15 more years of Aaron Rodgers. And he's even better against the Bears than yeah. Brett Favre is. And so, Allmeter, if you're listening, I know <laughs> what it's like to just have decades and decades of disappointment by Hall of Fame QB is just like, ripping your heart out you know so you know I'm, I'm with you i hope i hope it's not the case for mac jones because you know tom brady basically did two careers worth of damage against the bills <laughs> and now throwing mac jones in there just seems cruel and unusual yeah they should teams should be able they should just get rid of divisions i never really like understood i i get it for scheduling purposes they, they should just mix it up. Now that we everybody gets private jets, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have to fly three hours <laughs> in a recliner with Wi-Fi to go play the Raiders and get paid a million dollars? I'm so sorry. You know, there. I. this is the thing. I, I heard this whole thing about, you know, they're like the commentators on Sunday night where they're just like, yeah, you know, we have to go and we have to spend the whole week with the team. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not like you're in practice, dude. Like when Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are like, yeah, we talked to Matt Nagy and spent a ton of time with him. I was like, yeah, you probably got dinner with him and you went to the Bears facility like one time. But the rest of the time, you're just it's not like you're doing what any of us are doing. Like I have to sit at a desk for eight hours. There's (laughs) no way that's what Troy Aikman is doing. Oh, no. And I don't get to take a private jet, you know, and people cook for him. (laughs) It's not like Troy Aikman's like, oh, I can't. I had a busy day. I had to make myself eggs, <laughs> get a breakfast before I went to the dance. Like Troy Aikman doesn't have to cook. the 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 reason I got particularly triggered was when, uh, it it was one of the first games of the season when Andy Dalton was starting, and the hot topic was we should bench Field or or Field should be starting, right. and Chris Collinsworth spent time with Matt Nagy, and he was basically doing like pro pro Dalton talk, you know, or, and he's just like, yeah, you know, see that thing that Dalton just did there. I don't think fields could do that. And I was like, okay, I don't think (laughs) is very different from he can't. And I was like, the difference is you haven't even seen him do it. And he's like, you know, I agree with Matt Nagy. We should just like set Justin Fields up. And I was like, if you just watch that footage, I bet it would age so poorly. And it's like a few months ago because he just totally drank the Matt Nagy Kool-Aid he just completely sympathizes them. And, and I was like, so what's your point here? Are you telling all the Bears fans who are watching you on primetime that you're pro Matt Nagy opinion and pro Dalton? <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, objective yeah, journalism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm sorry. I've taken us way off, way off the edge. So let's bring <laughs> Well, I mean, up. speaking, I guess here, speaking of uh, Bears quarterbacks, we now have another Bears fan it's the wonderful Phil Cross. How you doing, Phil? Good, good, good. What's up, guys? Wow. It's Rob. It's Rob <laughs> and Dustin. That's what I thought. I didn't see anybody else. <laughs> my arch nemesis. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
What a rivalry <laughs> game. I don't know. I don't, yeah, can you hear it over the airwaves? The tension? It's like, palpable in this Zoom right now. I just can't was, stand being here with Phil. That was like 90s Bulls jazz, like final <laughs> score, like 84, 78. Like that's that's classic rivalry stuff right there. I haven't felt this way since Javon Wims got near that guy on the Saints that he wanted to <laughs> punch in the head. Which also, we should just litigate that sometime on the podcast. Just like, I don't understand why NFL players feel the urge to punch other players with their helmets. <laughs> I was like, your hand is going to break. Anyway, okay, I yield my time. It's just like the Bulls jazz when the Bulls benched Jordan and forgot to fill his spot with an active player. I, I do remember that matchup. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was kind of like the flu game if, like, Jordan had not played. <laughs> There's some alternate universe, like, you know, how we do it in Marvel. There's just an alternate universe where the flu game is just a picture of Michael Jordan, like, in a rocking chair with a blanket on in uniform. I was thinking the cardboard cutout from, like, Home Alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just have him on a train going up and down the just court. Going, going up and down the court, yeah. <laughs> I also like, did you guys watch The Last Dance? Like they, they talk about that in The Last Dance and they claim that there's, they met the people. Michael Jordan claims that he ordered pizza and when it got delivered, there was just like a million people there to deliver the pizza and they were like, here's your pizza. And he's like, I think that they put stuff on my pizza that made me sick. And then the documentary interviews these people and they're like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> It's like, why would you admit to that? Admit that, yeah. Michael Jordan is like a pretty much universally loved basketball player. <laughs> I'm trying mean? to think who they gave the they gave him the flu. Like, did Domino's everybody just take turns well, sneezing on the pizza? He said, he said it wasn't. It was the '90s, you know. He, yeah, he said it wasn't the <laughs> flu. That's before they changed their recipe. <laughs> that was the old crust. <laughs> I was thinking. I forget what analogy I'd written this down for one of the matchups. And I was, I was thinking, I was like, like a Madison. Oh, you know what I did? I was like, like a Madison junior high, $2 meal plan. You kind of squint at it and you're like, I don't know, but it always ends up being fine. Yeah. It's just Bosco sticks. That's, that's your $2 meal plan right there. It's got all the food groups. I think the saddest thing is when you're a middle school kid and you go get line and they give you the tray. It's like the TV dinner tray. And then they just put corn in it. It's like, oh, man. it's just so sad. Corn Bosco <laughs> sticks and a blue slushie. If you're going to heat up a vegetable, corn has no nutritional value. <laughs> it's like the worst pick. I, I understand it's probably because it's cheap and like it doesn't go bad. I was like, man, it's just it's bad. It's not good. It's because we had we had high expectations being the uh, super size me school. They just had to have everybody basically on laxatives all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure if you won Warhawk of the Week, they gave you an extra Bosco stick as a reward. So. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, what? You guys didn't get Pepto-Bismol in your meals, too? Like, why would they give you that? Like, yeah, everybody's food game diarrhea. Just us. <laughs> Somehow that has something to do with Geno Smith and uh, and this matchup. I don't even know which matchup we're on. We're on you and Phil at this point because I, I mean I don't really know that there's much to talk about here other than the fact that Dalvin Cook was on the bench with 34 points. That was good, and then. Uh, Bet starting uh, a quarterback who was on by this week. So yeah, that was super galaxy brain. Yeah, yeah. I had to. We cleaned house. 
you know, over at, you know, on the Joe Cushington squad this year, we just had to, <laughs> we had to let some people go. Uh, I just had to bottom out. I didn't want any like hope of, you know, actually like maybe getting five wins and like holding on to a, like a couple of brain cells here. Like I had to completely clear, clear the deck. we we'll come back fresh next year. I am also predicting that I definitely will get the, uh, the uh, cabbage patch trophy this year. It's uh, well-deserved if I do, this was a, uh, this is a reset year for me. It, it wasn't the best year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't have to harp on that for, for too long. I mean, the way it sounds like your strategy is that you're tanking. <laughs> it's like, I'm basically ta- like, to like, we don't have a lottery. <laughs> it's like a mental tanking. Like, I don't want to accept like what I did this year is acceptable. Like, I don't want to like, I didn't want to finish like five and nine and be like, you know what? A couple of plays here and there, I would have been fine. I was like, no, I need to like absolutely bottom out and like readjust how I approach like life and fantasy. Wow. What a load of shit. (laughs) Also, I didn't realize it was Thursday. So I forgot to start Dalvin Cook. That was the main reason. Well, he was also, I'm pretty sure a couple different places called him out on Thursday morning as well. And then it was just later in the day. They're like, JK, he has a dislocated shoulder, but he's fine. He'll work through it. I mean, if you had started Dalvin Cook, I wouldn't have been in the playoffs. It was meant to be. You did score 69 points, which is incredibly chill. So, you what know, a way could... to go out! Like... <laughs> <laughs> I know you carefully curated your your lineup so you could just nail the 69. So, uh... right, because if you started Matt Ryan, it would have been 80. And then it's just who <laughs> yeah, cares at that point? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I like that. That's pretty much all you have to say. I started um, a guy named Jefferson from Detroit, Jamar Jefferson. And, yeah, let Alec- me read. Let me read to you what the latest news was from Sleeper the day I picked him up. Due to uh, absences of DeAndre Stips and Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson is almost a sure thing to get the majority of the carries for the Detroit Lions. Cool. Thanks, Sleeper. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's do a fact check on his stats. Career carries. Oh, he got zero. Womp, womp. That's because they had... 80s porn legend Craig Reynolds take <laughs> take the lion shirt. Who the hell is Craig Reynolds? <laughs> That's what's even worse is that he. I'm pretty sure Craig Reynolds is from the practice squad. Yeah, they called like, him up that day. That uh, Jamar Jefferson was he was Oregon State. He was actually pretty good while he was there. So I was actually kind of envious of you when you snagged him because I was dealing with running back shit as well, and then. Yeah, it's it's not great. Also, I did put this together just because I wanted to see your your lovely <laughs> compilation of shit at the running back position, Dustin. For, <laughs> since week eight, when, when Henry went down, we have Mike Davis, Jeremy McNichols, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, and Jamar Jefferson. These all started on your roster. <laughs> It's like being at a Hudson News at Midway Airport and just be like, what am I going to eat for dinner? It's like, it doesn't really matter. You're at Hudson News. It's going to be pretty bad. With that lineup, it's hard to figure out how Dustin could have possibly lost seven games. It doesn't make sense. I just went all in on a starting lineup, and then I was like, my only weakness is anyone getting injured, which it's the NFL. What's the likelihood that'll happen? <laughs> this would have been a sick lineup like five years ago with Kareem Hunt and Jordan Howard. You would have just torn the league apart, but unfortunately, it is not then. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, all right, so Phil, the question that everybody's dying to know, because I talked to you for a second last night and I'm the only one who knows this, but how did the escape room go? Did you make it out? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we def we did this. This one was a little bit easier. Um, you know, we didn't have, uh, one of my friends still is very much like uh, an, a man of action. So there were still things thrown, um, even though that was definitely not part of the uh, escape room as we were told four times before it started. Still disappointed the last time we didn't make it out. I'll kind of show what happened there. We, there was a, in the room we were in, there was a bunch of toolboxes that you had to find codes to, to, to build a piece of equipment to like, to get this key that was outside. We were basically locked in a jail cell. Um, and we had to build that, but my friend decided that, um, there was some books lying around and that the books were the clue to knocking the keys off the shelf. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> We did not win that one, if you can imagine. Uh, this sounds like a real brain buster. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's like all these like letters on like like coat and like on these different locks and whatnot. He's like, he's like, nah, dude. Let's. What if we threw the books at the keys? I'm like, all right, let's do it. It also would have been funny if you were just like, did you just get out of the escape room? Like, no, I'm actually still here, and I'm next to this. I'm next to this talking parrot. He's spitting codes <laughs> at me, and I would love your help right now. <laughs> I mean, it did sound for a minute like you were moving somewhere, so I didn't know if you were locked in an escape room still trying to find your way out of the place. Yeah, it's, been, it's, been, it's been three days. Um, <laughs> the first people I've talked to. Good. Well, I'm glad you have cell reception in there so that we can at least <laughs> chat through this. Yeah, my battery's on 1%, so this is definitely worth it. <laughs> they gave me a number to call to get out, but yeah. I'd rather be on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I have enough, I have enough oxygen for about 20 more minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, I do have a little game uh, since you guys are both on, and this will be for both of you. And since, Phil, you just quasi-completed Escape Room, we're going to play Escape Room 2007 edition. <laughs> so uh, this is for both of you. You're working on the same team to get your way out of here. So since we're in the 15th season of the league, figured we'd take it all the way back to season number one which was in 2007. So just a little setting up the, uh, the scene here. The year is 2007. The Nintendo DS has just come out. The first iPhone has been released. Mm -hmm. Rachel Smith is Miss USA. No idea who that is. And uh, Transformers introduced us to the nighttime lens flare with Transformers 1 <laughs> and the great drinking game that came after it. So. To start off, we'll get into the fantasy football in a second here, but uh, before we do, we'll get into some pop culture. What two film franchises, starting with the letter S, reached trilogy status in 2007? Shrek? Yep, that's one. Spider-Man 3. Boom! Oh, oh look at you guys go. Oh. Crushed it. You guys are going to get out of this escape room so fast. <laughs> Wow, that's the two guesses, just incredible. All right, so into our fantasy season. Uh, you don't have to be in this in the league, Phil. I know that you weren't there in 2007, but you can figure some of these out. The last waiver wire pickup made by the 1-12 in 12 team called The Losers, managed by Cameron Katowski, was what <laughs> former Chicago Bears running back? Ooh, Thomas Jones? Close. Now, he would have been with the Jets, I think, by then. Oh, I think that was God. his first year there. Uh, um, Cedric Benson would have been the starter. Trying to is think it Adrian uh, Peterson? It is not. 
Dang oh, it. Oh, the, uh, the real Adrian Peterson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not Cedric Benson? Not Cedric Benson. Oh. You were really close with your first guest, Dustin. With Thomas Jones? Yes. First name, Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin's character. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. All right, the fact that neither of you have gotten us to this point. It was Kevin Jones. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is that? White. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Wait, he was the leading rusher? No, he was the last waiver wire pickup by camera. He was a Bears player. Oh, okay. I just looked him up. Um, yeah, he loved, the, he loved the Bears that year, and he uh, signed a lucrative contract with the Hartford Colonials. So, <laughs> had a good, had a good year. That sounds year. like a winner. Uh, right. Bonus, bonus point. Cameron also picked up a Bears tight end that year that he later dropped. Who was that tight end? Oh man, um, what was his name? Desmond Clark. Yeah, buddy, yep. there it <laughs> is. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> All righty. All right, so the very first fantasy football league, Freedom Fantasy Football League championship was between myself and Dustin. It ended with a nail-biting score of 103 to 102. I'm going to give you the position and the team. You give me the player of the highest scoring person on each one. Oh, God. Yeah. Eagles quarterback. Oh, man. McNabb. Uh, McNabb. Yep. Hmm. Cowboys running back. Oh, mm, seven. Would it have been McFadden? No. no, I've been too early for him. Emmett Smith is long gone, right? Is yeah. it is it Thomas Jones? No. Uh, no. Oh, his brother, Julius Jones. <laughs> Julius Jones. Kevin Jones. Uh, no. <laughs> ah, interesting. He was a Bears running back later on in his career. What later, was the guy? Wasn't it? Wasn't there a guy on the on the Cowboys who had like he was like a fourth or a third? Oh, Marion Barber. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Was it yeah, Marion yeah, Barber? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Is that who it was? That's who it was. Ah, nice. Okay. Panthers wide receiver. Steve Smith. Yep. Mm -hmm. Falcons tight end. Gonzalez? Crumpler? Tony Gonzalez. LG Crumpler. That's good. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Titans kicker. Oh, should we know who this is? Yes. Is it a Grammatica? No. (laughs) <laughs> his name his name was very frequently used in a song that we used to sing a lot in marching band ma, ma, ma. my sharona yeah <laughs> oh oh rob baronis yes rob Bar- <laughs> oh! <laughs> ah, nice well done well done and wow. the last but not least the idp from the giants Oh, solid, solid. Michael Strahan. Nope, but he was on that line with him. Justin Tuck. Nope. Uh, O.C. Paul. Yep, O.C. Umanura. Oh, nice. There it is, there it is. All right, and all right, last one, and then we'll get out of this escape room. So top fantasy players in our league for each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Just the top one of each. Oh, geez. Was it Tom Brady? Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, Randy Moss was wide receiver. Correct. That was that crazy year. I feel like Adrian Peterson, that was his rookie year. Was he uh, he running back? Was an AP. Sean Alexander? LT. LT. LT was the running back. Okay, yeah. And then uh, tight end was a Dustin legend. Dallas Clark? Mm Mm-mm. 
that would have been my guess. <laughs> uh, Dustin Legend, interesting. It's not Gonzalez. Oh seven, tight end. He was up until recently playing. Oh, oh my God, Jason Witten. Yep, there it is. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, guys. You made it out of the 07 escape room. That was, that was not as bad as I thought. Yeah, you guys did pretty well. I did have a, a top IDPs for that year, but I feel like that might be a little, <laughs> might be pushing it. I remember Rob Baronis was pretty, he was like a, he was a pretty thick guy, wasn't he? Or he, or he like didn't have his pants pulled up. There was something about him that just made me, he just seemed saggy. I'm going to look at Everybody up knew. I'm going to just not, it's not Janikowski. That was the, that was the thick Raiders oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot, yeah. You know, I what? don't remember the kicker that didn't pull his pants up. I just don't remember that that storyline. Because <laughs> you only see him from the back. You know, it always drove me crazy because it was like you just see their saggy pants, and I'm just like, like what was got, competitive you're wearing football <laughs> pants. They they can't yeah. be sag. Yeah, he's just got plumbers <laughs> crack hanging out. <laughs> and you know what's funny is like all the so I'm on Google Images of Rob Rodas, and every picture is from the front. So I'll never be able to confirm. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> Rob Barotas actually wore assless chaps, but there's no proof of <laughs> yeah, that. They the next thing I guess we're here to talk about, Phil, I'm sorry, this does not really include you, but you're going to tell us your predictions for it anyway, because you've you've aligned everything and have cleared out your uh, your wrongs for this year and are ready to, to predict some championships. So you can tell us what uh, good good talent looks like here. Are you how are you feeling about how this uh, the playoffs are going to shake up? Yeah, you know, I just uh, I appreciate being being asked to be on the the pod. Uh, last night was uh, thrilling for uh, for nine out of the ten teams <laughs> in the league. Uh, I definitely have that feeling, like you know, like uh, when a like a quarterback that's usually in the playoffs they don't make it, so they invite them on like one of like the like the broadcasts, <laughs> and they're like just when, miserable yeah. the whole time. Being yeah. like, yep, this looks great. Um, <laughs> or there was that year Dwayne Wade was on the Cavaliers with LeBron exactly. for like 20 yes. games and he was just on like inside the NBA mid-season I was like don't you have a game <laughs> shouldn't you be playing yes that's he's like that's I'm gonna be this whole time like, yeah he's like it doesn't matter I think it's great that there's no uh like whatever that was like 2018 uh like Paul team there's really doesn't seem like there's like a real dominant team this year so it's definitely exciting that you all will like literally no clue Dustin you're probably the worst team in there if we're being honest <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not hurting my feelings i mean that's yeah. a that's a fact <laughs> yes but any years you got kurt and bird as your two buys i mean that's that is a wide open field if i've ever heard one <laughs> it is i will say when i was going through and looking also at the i was trying to do pickups for the uh the cabbage patch too but i i was legitimately struggling i, I feel i really I know that your team is not great. I, last week, last week was also just you're not not gonna you know bench a starting quarterback and Dalvin Cook again. You might I don't know maybe you just you really want that trophy. But... There's, there's no buys in week week sixteen, so I'm good. <laughs> so the one yeah, it is your uh, the cabbage patch starts this week, so you better, oh, you better really? get ready. Okay. Yeah, I I did notice that when I was looking into everything. So um, so so get that roster ready, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> get out of that escape back room. in there <laughs> uh all right phil do you have a, a prediction on who takes it this year man that's tough um i gotta go kurt i just feel like he's due like he's like the kind of like in the gonzaga of our league like he keeps getting that one seed he's gotta break through at some point i mean by that logic dustin could be in there too 
No, <laughs> Dustin's, that's, that's, Dustin's that's also gonna, too. Yeah. <laughs> the one side of our bracket is it's me, Robin Bird. So I call it Colfax Street because <laughs> it's just all Denver. Uh, yes, I think Rob's gonna win, which pains me to say. Oh wow! Um, because I just think your team is the most talented. I think Kurt's gonna get third place. Rob, you definitely have high end talent there. Thanks to me uh, drafting two pieces of shit um, <laughs> in front of them uh, with the cup and uh, and Taylor. So I think I definitely think I think you're going to win that side of the bracket. If I had to guess, I'd probably say you versus Kurt in a absolute nightmare scenario for me uh, on who to root for in that one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I've I don't like hopping myself up for that because I also know that it's going to be a downfall. I was telling Dustin earlier, he basically submitted himself. He's like, there's no way that I'm going to win this game. And I said, Adam has almost beat me two years in a row in week seven, where he has rostered half of a legitimate fantasy football team. So <laughs> you can never, you can never count yourself out for this. Emphasis, emphasis on almost beat you. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me give you a really accurate that was the issue of those is it wasn't like my team shit the bed and I won 198. It was, I, I scored 140 points and Almeter scored 130 with his entire bench and starters on by. It's just, <laughs> how did you do this? <laughs> All right. Just, just to uh, give you kind of like a bleak scenario is my two starting running backs are Jefferson from the lions who scored zero points this week, projected <laughs> 1.8 and Tony Pollard who's out and Mike McCarthy's like, yeah, he's looking like he might play. I don't have any backups yeah. running backs. Uh, Odell Beckham. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> COVID. Austin Hooper. COVID. DeAndre Hopkins. Limping around the sideline last game. Questionable. <laughs> Mike Williams. Questionable. So the only, the only people that I know for sure in my starting lineup that are going to play are Tyreek Hill. The Seahawks defense against the Rams <laughs> and Mac Jones. Now let's go look at Rob's side. <laughs> Rob's side is completely healthy. There's not a single questionable, pro- probable, there's nothing next to any of the names. And he's got Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, some schlub named Devontae Adams. <laughs> Rob is projected to score 146 points. And right now I'm projected to score 96. So that's right now sleepers projecting that Rob is going to win 99 out of a hundred games played between me and him. You only got to win one though. That's <laughs> you only got to win one. So that's Not why completely seven. unbiased. So I'm going to lose. So you can basically just scratch me. You're into the next round pending you, you pull a fill and just decide to tank or strategically start to a I feel really good about 2022. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll draft Debo next year too, and really just crank up the wide receivers going in there. All right, fine. I won't try to share Cody, but I also don't want, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm sticking with my champion of bird. I think that I'm going to make it to the third place game. I'm predicting myself in third. I'm predicting Kurt in second just because that seems to always happen. And I was telling Dustin earlier, Phil, it just it, it seems like it's Bird's year. He just <laughs> the low points, the low points against, but whatever happens, he still ends up winning games. So defense um, wins championships. Exactly. He's 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 locking <laughs> them down. I mean, there's yeah, just, I don't know how, but 
<laughs> these players have no idea his they're on his plan, team, yeah. but he's, he's, he's really been working that four, two, five. He's, he's crushing them right now. Uh, where do you all see Bobby landing? I think Bobby's going to go to the championship. I, I have, Ooh. I think Bobby's going to get second. I think he's going to lose in the championship. I'm torn between them. I, I like Nick's team better. I think I was projecting Nick's team to, to beat Bobby this week. That being said, I also want to see that trade matchup again. So I don't know. They're, that whole side of the bracket's kind of tough for me because I do feel like they're pretty evenly matched. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Phil? I'm just amazed that I want to shout both of them out uh, that this is a playoff matchup. Um, I would not have believed you um, in August after looking at their rosters. Um, just shout out to them for for uh, being way better managers than me this year and uh, and carrying their their drafts to the playoffs. That's just that's awesome. I gotta go with. Uh, I feel like to add just to the misery of my year that Bobby has to win this one. Um, he was responsible for my lowest moment. Uh, like I said, losing to losing to Bobby and getting trash talked by Bobby is kind of like you know when you lose to the Lions and you're just kind of like, what are we doing here? We gotta we. Gotta, I get this right next year. We can't, <laughs> we can't go on like this. So, I mean, props to Bobby though, because he, this is his first playoffs in, in the league. Yeah. I don't know how many years that is, but you know, he's come a very long way and managed a really good team. I, I actually really liked his draft coming out of that night, uh, especially his first four picks, obviously losing McCaffrey really hurt, but I thought he did a great job with his, with his team and, now we'll see if he can take down the mighty Kurt on that side, if he can get through Nick Ryan. What a, what a world we live in. <laughs> well, see, Nick. Bobby Nick, curses Nick to face <laughs> Kurt. That is, the tides have changed. It is true. There, there have been some changes over the years. I mean, uh, this, is, this is like when they show the NFL highlights and they were like, Super Bowl in the 60s was dominated by Jim Brown and the Cleveland Browns. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, wow. Times have changed. <laughs> Or when you see like the nineties and they're like, you remember when the Sacramento Kings played the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe to see you went to the finals? And I was like, yeah. Mike, I'm just just going back to the glory days. Like me versus Paul. We just got on the Spider-Man three. We were, you know, (laughs) on the way to see Shrek three. three. (laughs) I couldn't go because I just got Pokemon, Pokemon leaf green on my DS. And, (laughs) staring at jason witten on my my (laughs) cable internet and i was like nice my mom took me to andy's frozen custard and i was sitting there it was yeah i was was telling kate conlin about how good randy moss is (laughs) you know such is the world all right uh for the cabbage patch matchups then i think we've already kind of gone through our picks for those two matchups so uh for paul and Almeter. This is not where we're used to seeing Paul and Allmeter hasn't really been on this trajectory for a while. His last five seasons were looking pretty fine, but uh, yeah, now, now he's in the Sacco, the cabbage patch with his three quarterbacks. Would you, would either of you be surprised if I told you that he texted me regretting his decision to start Dak <laughs> Prescott <laughs> and leaving Matt Stafford on the bench? He's like, if I would have started Matt Stafford over Dak Prescott, I would have won. It's like, this is exactly why you don't do what you did. Cause you will always be wrong. I, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that we have proof now that the, um, not that we needed it, but that the three quarterbacks in the first four rounds <laughs> actually was not a great strategy. 
It was close. It came down to the wire on that because we would have had to just eat it next year. Just be like, yeah, well, I drafted three quarterbacks and I still made it to the playoffs. I think that our uh, Cabbage Patch matchup this year is going to be Paul and Phil. Yep. I, I, I just, I'm, I think... It's destiny. Football, the, yeah, the fantasy football gods, you're, you two are like magnets. You know what I mean? Like the bracket yep. just like wants you two to be together. So I, I'm taking Backle and all meter for the nothing, the ultimate nothing game. So no, Matt, Matt Nagy's week 17 game. It means nothing. No matter what happens, even if he scores a hundred points, it does not matter. Is he, is he going to get fired at the end of this year? Oh yeah. Is that, is that for certainty at this point? Cause I mean, I figured that he should have been fired when he tried icing the Steelers with 30 seconds left, but <laughs> He's going to get fired. They, I firmly believe, Phil, I, I want to hear what you think about this. I firmly believe that the Bears were going to fire him post-Thanksgiving. And I think that a reporter leaked it and it got all this steam. And then the Bears were like, oh, God. Because then, because they were going to kind of like do it. And then Matt Nagy was like, hey, there's all this stuff about me getting fired. Like, what's up with that? And then the Bears had to backtrack and be like, no, we're the, we would never, we're the Bears. We wouldn't do that. And then they get into a mirror and they're like, fuck and so then and then they had and then they really doubled down right and then like they went to the team and were like we're not firing Matt Nagy and if you think about that these people have the internet like I I don't think they're tone deaf so the only reason why I feel like they would really double down on that is because it was a hundred percent true you know so they had to like it's like when people lie and they're like oh I can't come you know, a lot of times if like you truly can't come, you're just like, I'm not feeling good. And you don't, cause you know, it's the truth. And so you don't really expound on it. The more complicated the explanation is of why you can't come. It's because they're lying. They're like, oh, I was going to go to the dentist and then my car hit a pole and then I started walking and then I, my mom called me and then it was like three hours and I didn't show up. I'm really sorry. I'm like, that is a lie. Just like the bears telling the whole team be like, we definitely wouldn't fire Matt Nagy. And I was like, if you guys really cared, if that was the truth, you wouldn't have said anything to the team. You would have just been like, no, because, you know, that's not a thing. I don't know, Phil, what do you think? Do you think they were going to fire him? I mean, I like the idea of like the Bears is like the cheating boyfriend. It's like, he's like, wait, what? Like, I don't know who that <laughs> is. Like, <laughs> No, 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 no. Sorry, I, was say, I, I don't know what the at this point, I, I think it's impossible to try to try to figure out what the Bears as an organization are thinking. I just knew um, I, I was watching the Bears play the Packers on Sunday and they uh, the Packers at halftime were like making adjustments and coming with new plays. And they asked Matt Nagy what he thought about the game. And I was going, he's like, it's like, man, I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> they also asked him about him punting. Yeah. It was, it, like, honestly, it felt like a make-a-wish kind of thing. He's like, man, I'm just having a good time out here. I can't believe exactly. like, I got to do this. Like, Going on I mean, a field trip weird. to six that's what at this point. Remember that like Monday Night Football, like that sideline guy? who like I think this was probably like six or seven years ago at this point. He was just like, man, I'm just so excited to be here, and this is amazing. And like that was that's basically been Matt Nagy for like the last year and a half. Like <laughs> he can't believe he can't believe he's still coaching the Bears at this point. This is this is an actual quote from Matt, Matt Nagy in the press conference in the loss of the Packers. So they asked him about the fourth and inches he punted when they're down 11 points in the fourth quarter. And he goes, this is a quote. You wish you would have went for it. That's the part <laughs> where you look back as a coach and you go, damn, that would have been a time to do it. I was like, what a dumb, verbose way of just being like, I'm an idiot. 
you wish you would have went for it. I was like, I like, what do you mean like, you wish? It's not like it's the out of your guy control. You're the coach. Whether or not to do that is like, man, it should have been nice if I had that option. <laughs> I, I wish I could get out of work that easy. I wish and they were like, hey, Dustin, you caused like a massive problem at work. Uh, did you think about like not doing that? And I was like, yeah, you know, you wish you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> So you really did like, it. <laughs> That's your choice. <laughs> You're the only guy who can make that. Wait, Phil, were you were you talking about Tony Saragusa for the sideline reporter? It wasn't Tony Saragusa. It was like um, I can't remember. It was some like random ESPN guy. I would never forget the goose man. He was uh, his 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 clutch, unnecessary <laughs> like end zone comments. I was just trying to think who that excited guy was. It was definitely Saragusa who I was thinking of. I don't know who the other guy is. <laughs> We are, we're always kind of thinking about Tony Syracuse, so that's not... <laughs> well, when you initially brought that up, I was going to ask if it was Cletus the robot who was on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> that's his first words. Now that I'm, I'm like, re- so I'm like deep in a hole now reading Matt Nagy press conferences, but you know what, you know what it is that, that bothers me is that he talks about football like he's a rocket scientist. You know, it just, it just he makes it sound so complicated. And it's like, if he had gone up there at the end of the game, they're like, why did you punt? And he was just like, listen, if I was playing Madden, I would have punted, you know? And I would have been like, because that's pretty much how serious this is, right? As I said to Rob last week on the podcast, he's a millionaire who has staffed a team of football playing millionaires to play Aaron Rodgers, who's a super millionaire. And then they're just like, why did you make your millionaires punt? Like punt? And I just like, because they're not good. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, have you guys checked my record since I started coaching the Bears? Spoiler, I'm 1-11. So uh, we're down by two touchdowns, and we averaged 17 points a game. Did you think I was going to score two more touchdowns? Like, no. It's about getting reps. I would have respected him if I was just like, okay, at least he seems to have, you know, you seem to have, like, some sense of, like, actual reality of how serious this is and how bad your team is. But instead, he's like, yeah, you know, we got to go back and look at the whys. And I'm like, that makes it sound like to me, you don't understand how shitty you are. Because you're like, (laughs) yeah, I have to go back and figure out why. And I'm like, what do you mean? Again, it's it's. I said this to Rob before Phil got there. And I was like, you just need a person on the air who's like a mediocre football fan called the sniff test. And they're just like, hey, Phil, they're going to punt here. What do you think about that? And they're just like. If they're down, it seems like they should go for it. And they just go straight back to the studio and they're like, yep. <laughs> that's basic logic. I don't know. They're just they're 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 trying, they're getting too in their heads about all this stuff. See, my, my thing about it is you you gotta go for it. You gotta get Allen Robinson back on the field and let him get his third catch of the game. Like you gotta <laughs> give him that opportunity to cross to that 12 yard threshold. <laughs> <laughs> There's people in PPR leagues that need that three points from it. Yeah, people like who is it, Backle? Yeah, Backle still has <laughs> Alan Robinson on the team. Come on, baby. I still he's like that, he's like yeah. that World War II veteran who lived in the forest for like 40 years and didn't know the war was over. And he's like, I still believe. It's like, no, the war's over, dude. Al Robinson's he's got two catches. No, no, he's good. He's all pro. He's not. <laughs> Honestly, that was me the whole year with Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, I'm like, he's just got just wait oh, for that God. good matchup. And then he'd go up against like the Texans and throw for like 120 yards and three picks <laughs> and be like, he needs a good matchup at home. That's what he <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs>
there's there's no way Urban makes it to next season, right? No. Just it has just been whatever the step down from a dumpster fire is, it has been so bad. This entire just everything he's done has been terrible. All of his decisions, both going to, you know, what is it, a Dave and Busters and getting grinded on by a college chick. And just we've not all done playing James Brown. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> Is that that that's where you really were, Phil? On only <laughs> once. That, that's how my uh, after they did the auto, like the correct, they correct the scores. I lost to Kurt in the playoffs that one year. Right to Dave and Buster's. Right to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I mean, I guess this Nick Saban did the same thing, right? You remember when Nick Saban coached the Dolphins? Yeah. That might have been 2007. Yeah, he coached the Dolphins was, for yeah. like one or two years, and then he went back and got the job at Alabama. But I'm like. I don't understand if you're coaching the same sport. I mean, there, there are definitely different. I mean, early on in the Jags camp, everybody was complaining. Basically, Urban was treating them kind of like college players. And so this is where your whole millionaire thing comes in, Dustin. It's just he's basically treating them like kids still when they're just like, fuck you, I make a lot of money and don't need to, you know, do high knees for 30 minutes on the side of the field as punishment. It's not pulling the... Uh, that is a long time to do high knees. <laughs> it's it quite the high knee session. He's he was essentially pulling the uh, the Denzel Washington. You drop the football, you run a mile. That like that. That's basically how he was running the the Jaguars. They're just like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Damn it! If they didn't have the best knees in football this year, though. He's like, I don't know. Got strong thighs. <laughs> strong thighs and arthritic knees for all those high knees that they were doing. A lot of meniscus tears. <laughs> Left thighs, strong thighs. <laughs> Just wanted to thank our guest, the Phil Cross. Better luck next season, but thank you for stopping by tonight and chatting with us for a bit. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I will be back next year. Got a new draft, whole weekend plan. So, um, what I'm going to do during the weekend. So just be ready for that. Oh, so excited. All right. <laughs> well, it'll do it for this week of the Freedom Fantasy League podcast. We will catch you next week. Bye.